listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, and I'm joined here with Mike. Hello. And Chris. Hi. Chris, it's good to have you back. You haven't been on in a while. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. Okay, so this episode tonight, just, just you know, letting everyone who listens know that it's going to be a lot of me tonight. Um, I'm going to be presenting information um, at the request of one of our listeners. Our topic tonight um, was requested by one of our listeners, uh, and we thought, hey, great idea, let's let's talk about this, okay? So um, Austin and Chris are both here as well, and they will be interjecting, but a lot of the information that is gonna be spoken about tonight is gonna be presented by me, okay? Um, and I wanna start, before we really kind of dive into anything else, by saying that the information in this episode is based on the spiritual belief, folklore, and mythologies of many communities around the world, including Middle Eastern, Egyptian, African, Mesopotamian, Asian, North and Latin American, Jewish, Pacific Islander, and Mediterranean cultures. This is not unverified personal gnosis. This is not UPG. This information can be verified with research. Everything will be presented in modern terminology to avoid confusion. And we present this information to encourage thought and deeper investment into individual spiritual belief and practice. If your beliefs differ, we support that for you. So tonight, guys, we're going to talk about basically how it all works. Like the, the big picture, you know, we had a, a listener. Uh, and again, thank you so much. Hopefully you, you will listen to this episode and um, you will see that we did take your suggestion. Uh, we do that. Okay. And um, I, we, we really what we're going to be talking about is basically kind of the origin stories of the universe and our planet and humanity um, from the perspective of folk practitioners, witches, um, and I'm sure a good number of occultists. So it's going to be deep <clears throat> and philosophical. Yes, we are getting Mike. deep and philosophical for this one. And I'm sure I'll so. have some interesting questions to ask. So, all right. And we are not at our normal space where we usually record, which is the shop. We are in our home studio today. So if you hear jingle jangles, growls, sass mouths, or otherwise, that is the management trying to get our attention. Yes, the management team is with us this evening. So, all right. So let's, let's dive in. Okay. So as I was mentioning a moment ago, creation stories come from many cultures. Okay. Indigenous cultures, Sumerian, Kemetic, slash ancient Egyptian, Mediterranean, okay? And in most of these creation stories, we see the concept, or we, we are told of this concept of a primordial god. We also identify as the void, okay? And to clarify, the void does not mean nothing or, or an absence of things in this context. The void is seen as the potential for all that is. It is the source of creation, okay? So, um, so, but we see this primarily as a, as a, I would say, primordial God figure, okay? Um, who created the physical universe and ultimately the secondary consciousnesses that we identify as other deities, okay? Um, this God, uh, this primordial God is most often seen as a divine feminine intelligence, uh, but it is not bound to the limiting human concepts that we have of things like gender or sex, okay? It really is everything and nothing kind of at the same time. So any questions on that, guys? Yes. Okay. 
Could that be also considered, like, in the scientific terms, like the Big Bang? Yeah, it's actually, it's funny you're going to say that because the next thing I was going to say is that we could see this idea of, like, a source of creation. You know, like, you know, like all of a sudden everything coming from, say, a point, a single point, or, you know, really, you know, the, the establishment of the universe in a modern scientific context with something like the Big Bang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so it's th nice that they can fit together science and theology. Spiritual yeah. or theology. Well, you know, I mean, I mean we, 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 we have this conversation. We haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but I think most of us, all of us in this room will agree that science is, uh, or excuse me, I'm saying this backwards, witchcraft and many other spiritual practices are basically just science that we haven't discovered yet. Exactly. Okay. Um, for, for those of you at home listening, uh, you know, uh, consider brushing up on your, your scientific knowledge because more and more science is confirming a lot of what we've been doing spiritually for God, millennia. Well, Quantum. It's also a good point because it helps us make sure that we always focus on the mundane before the magical when it comes to explaining a spiritual experience. Also a very good point, Austin. Very nice. All right. So to, to Chris just dropped the word here. So the information presented in quantum physics theory specifically, and I say theory, because much of what we're seeing from, you know, quantum physics, you know, the, the, the science around that still is very much of it, very, you know, it's still very, very much theory, right? Uh, but a lot of the quantum physics theory supports the belief that everything that exists is given structure through some unknown force, okay? Um, many spiritualists, other kinds of practitioners, witches, believe this unknown force to be the primordial god or first consciousness, Questions? Everything feels right. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about consciousness a little bit, okay? Because we're I'm going to use that word again a few more times on this episode. So consciousness is, I think, a very difficult concept to quantify for us as humans, right? We have, of course, again, like a scientific mundane explanation of what consciousness is, right? You're self-aware, you're sentient, you're awake, right? We have these kinds of concepts. But when we talk about consciousness as something beyond a quality or a trait and consciousness is actually a component of it. Uh, I, I would almost I would almost venture to guess like an entity within and of itself, an energy within and of itself. Consciousness, it can be a difficult concept to quantify. Um, and really one of the reasons for this is as humans, our ability to fully understand some of these things is limited. Uh, there are spiritual boundaries in place that hinder our complete knowledge of these kinds of universal dynamics, okay? And that has nothing to do with the spirit. That has more to do with our, what I would say would be limited mortal human qualities, right? Um, one example of this would be that we have yet to really be able to discover concretely what happens after death. That is a perfect example of a physical mortal slash spiritual block or, or boundary that gets in the way that basically tells us like because of the current evolution of your life because of the fact that you are now human and you have this mundane materially manifesting kind of an energy and because you need to be able to focus on that mortal life these will be things that will be kind of kept further away from you okay you will have connections and experiences and there will be things that will posit theories and ideas around what this may be or what these things are but you may never really know 
okay? okay. And I think so, that that is something that is changing. I think I that, again, say, as I we have... talk about the progression of science, I think that our awareness or our ability to fathom these things is expanding. I have a question and a comment Go on for that. it, yeah. So, one, do you think it's because when we're in our physical bodies and we're living our mortal existence, we are focused on all of those things that we have to focus on to stay alive? Do I have air? Do I have food? Do I have a place to live? Do I have a place to stay, shelter, etc.? Um, and then the other part is like, as we advanced with technology, etc., and we people have practiced and studied like some of our spirituality, like past life readings, etc., or or even just experiencing our dreams and, and witnessing our past lives. That's like a little glimpse of maybe the connection we could have with like what's beyond the mortal life. Yeah, and I would say, again, to answer that, um, what you were just commenting on or just stating was that, yes, I think that we all have experiences. You know, I think that anybody who would be listening to this podcast, I would assume, has had some experience that has convinced them that there is something beyond mortal mundane life, right? But being able to consciously connect with those things... yeah. That, that's where we see the barrier. That's where we see the boundary, right? And I want to clarify because, of course, people hear words like boundary, barrier, block, and we always go, or we immediately go to like, the, oh, no, well, that's not a good thing. I know I don't want to feel blocked. I, I want to have access to, I want it all, right? And that's that's very much where we go. But to answer the other thing that you were you were commenting about, Chris, we, we need to be able to focus on yeah. this human life because right now, based on the evolution of our souls, not just as individuals, but as kind of a collective, as humanity, we're doing our spiritual evolution and growth through the way that we are living this human life. Right. So this is an important piece. This is a very important thing. And I think one of the reasons that we see these kind of these barriers or these boundaries that prevent us from being able to experience the spiritual on a fully conscious kind of a level is because we need to be able to focus on I got to feed my kids. I got to pay my bills. I need to take care of the planet, which is one that we continue to drop the ball on. Yeah. Right. You know, I need to, 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 I need to live and focus on this experience now and not be reaching for the external reaching for the other. Okay. Um, I think that's where we see people run into trouble. You know, we talk about, um, like religious zealots, mm -hmm. you know, or so many people within the new age community who are completely willing to, like abandon any sense of connection or purpose or value on, in this world, in this time, in this yep. life, they are, they are willing to completely walk away from all of that in the pursuit of the spiritual. And so many of them, I think, continue to hit that block. They continue to hit that barrier, which is unfortunate for them, right? Because at that point, they've usually <coughs> created some fairly serious level of imbalance in their mundane lives, right? Well, another aspect of that, too, is you have examples where people set aside those physical concerns and try to focus so much on spirituality where they do lose touch with the world. Like, let's mm -hmm. say Buddhist monks. Yeah. Sometimes they can go months and they're so isolated, they're, they're not participating in the world anyone mm -hmm. anymore, but they have reached some different spiritual level of enlightenment where maybe they're getting close mm -hmm. to seeing some of those secrets or the things that we're not supposed to be focusing on right now in our mortal life. Imagine if we were all doing that. If we didn't have that barrier or that that divide saying, hey, focus on your being alive, mm -hmm. we'd all just be like sitting, meditating in a room and not interacting with anything and not doing anything or making scientific mm -hmm. advances, making personal advances. I could see that. It's like, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's a needed barrier. This, this life and what we are doing as humans in this life, this is important. 
Yeah. We, we need to be doing this. And because we live in a universe that is, uh, I would say, holographic in a sense, mm -hmm. in that the microcosm, my tiny little piece of, of, what, of all that is my life and my experience, overlaps and impacts the lives of everyone else. And I think we have a tendency to isolate or we separate ourselves as humans from other types of intelligences, right? I'm, ta I'm not talking aliens. I'm talking like, you know, different kinds of spirits, <clears throat> deities, these kinds of things. But I think that we have this idea that what happens to us as humans is really kind of just about us as humans. And we don't realize that the things that we are doing, the decisions that we're making and the way that we are living our lives, good or bad, those are energies and things that are also impacting every other spirit because it's all, it's collective. all a collective. It goes all the way back to that primordial intelligence, that, that first God. Well, okay. really prime example, we don't want to, we want to use a straw because it's too cold to drink our soda. So we use a disposable plastic straw. That disposable plastic straw ends up in a landfill, which inevitably ends up in the ocean, which inevitably ends up in a turtle's nose. You know, is it always a turtle's nose? I'm just using an example. Okay. You know, and everyone's response is, well, I don't want to give up that thing that I want, that I love, to better that of other things. It's just a turtle. No. And it's like, wow, you're, you're really, you're not a very good person. You know, and then other new age individuals who refuse to wear a mask in the middle of a pandemic when it could save another person's life yeah what were we talking about last week we were talking about like for the it's surprising for the number of people claiming to be empaths these days how many people lack empathy yep yeah so now it's funny that you talk about or that you bring up turtles specifically because that's actually going to kind of be a good segue into the next <laughs> point i want to talk about okay and what i mean specifically by that is the concept of Turtle Island, okay, which though those of you who, of course, who are, are indigenous, uh, I, I would say at least indigenous to, to North and, and some areas of Latin America, even Pacific Islander indigenous communities, um, uh, you, you may be familiar with, so I'm sure you're familiar with this or may be familiar with this, but there is a concept within many of those indigenous uh, beliefs of what we call Turtle Island. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to elaborate too much on that because there's lots of information out there around that. Okay. Um, but, but Talking about that, though, I do want to refocus on this concept of Earth and human spiritual origins. Okay, um, going back again to the creation stories that are, you know, again worldwide. This is a theme that you see again and again in creation stories. Okay, we know um, these stories most often speak of celestial beings, gods, angels, you know, whatever they may be, but other intelligences other beings who usually tend to for whatever reason tend to be a bit more advanced or evolved right um though who knows right um but we see this this origin or this this idea of these kinds of beings who descend from the stars as star woman did and star woman was was one of the spirits in many stories creation th stories that she helped shape and create turtle island Okay, with the help of the first animals, right? So anyway, so that that's that connection there, okay? But we see um, the, this idea of celestial beings who descend from the stars, um, you know, and I mean, examples would be uh, Tawa, who is a sun god. I just mentioned Star Woman. Um, Nut and Ra from old Kemetic practices, right? Uh, we have Anu and Inanna 
that are found in Mesopotamian, uh, Mesopotamian and Sumerian practices, uh, even Babylonian spiritualities. And of course, within the Mediterranean, we have figures like Lucifer, Diana, and Herodias, right? Who's also known as Aridia, right? Um, but, and, and there are many more. This is just a few. This is just a handful of these figures, these gods, these beings. Uh, but all of them came to earth from some other place. And it, once they arrived, when they came to earth, they usually found underdeveloped, wild, or inhospitable terrain, and either no life or what would be considered very primitive life. Okay? And it is through their power that they are able to wake the animistic spirit of the physical planet, the Earth. So we could associate this with Gaia, uh, Terra, uh, basically any any Earth goddess, Mother Nature, Demeter, whatever you know, whatever this would be. The spirit of the planet is now animated, is awoken, or or given perhaps maybe different form through the interaction of other gods, god forms, right? And so. Um, and then beyond that, we see the anima mundi, which is another just another name for the world spirit, the anima mundi, beginning to then change the uh, the physical planet. You know, we see things where, like you know, like the recession of water to establish greater land masses, which certainly enables different broader forms of life to begin to evolve. Right. So we see all of these things almost like a chain, a chain of events. Right. Um, and and as a result, of course, new processes of evolution begin. Right. Um, and, and in that, you know, we, once again, we see an overlap or a parallel connection to scientific ideas of evolution. You know, I'm, everybody in this room is, we, we all, we all support evolution as a scientist, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We all support evolution as a scientific truth, right? You know, I think at this point you would have to be foolish not to, but, um, anyway, but, but we can, again, we can see an overlap there between, okay, some sort of power comes to earth, earth starts to change. Now humanity and any um, any of a number of other life forms begin to evolve. Right. Right. Okay. So, any any comments or questions <laughs> on that? I I hesitate to say it, but why I want to say it because, on some level, I think it's possible that some of the advanced life were aliens. They well, very well could. Be. Well, you and it's not my place to say that it is for a fact, but I'm just saying don't dismiss it because. Aliens could have been a god or a higher power that well, helped I, I think if shape you, the earth. I mean, if you look at the evidence that we find in a lot of really ancient cultures, I mean, they find you find pictographs and things with you know where, a man in a spacesuit. Exactly, where obviously this is a figure in a spacesuit. You know, they yeah. look like an astronaut now. Mm. You know, with the way that they're drawn or etched into the stone. You know, and so you know, I mean, beyond that, we know based on stories and things like even biblical passages, biblical stories and things that talk about you know burning discs of fire in the sky. Yep. You know, things like this. So I, so I'm not telling you i'm not saying that <laughs> some of these stories some of the origins of these beings that i'm not saying that these couldn't be extraterrestrial in nature because whether they're an alien or a god they're extraterrestrial exactly. in nature no absolutely right? so i don't want to get into the alien no no and debate, i was bringing okay? up the bigger problem just, just saying it's just interesting that it's like ooh. yeah so you know i mean that's 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 you know maybe another podcast we can, we can <laughs> go there oh do the aliens upset roxy she seems to be fine she she perked up and she was like oh, oh okay all right okay so the beings that we identify as deities, okay, let's 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 switch gears again a little bit. Let's talk about gods, okay? The beings that we identify as gods um, are also uh, in these creationist stories, in the, in these stories, and in the in the folklore and mythology. These are beings; these are gods that are also children of the primordial god, 
right? We see that in so many. We see all these stories where there's like one primary force who then divides itself or is through its own power able to create others who are like it, right? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and so we see that again. So these beings, the ones that we call gods, and this is where we're going to move away from creation, I think, and more to uh, how we see these energies or these intelligences and beings interact with humanity as it has existed historically and also today because this interaction is pretty much the same, okay? But these beings that we identify as gods, the secondary gods, they exist at a different level of consciousness, okay? Or maybe what we could consider frequency of life, okay? And I guess what I mean by that, and I guess a good analogy would be to think of a radio, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at a radio, you understand that radio waves are existent. There's a whole broadband spectrum. A spectrum of radio waves, mm -hmm. right? And we know that if we want to connect to a particular type of music or channel that we need to dial in on a particular frequency, yes, absolutely. right? Within that, that spectrum, right? So when we talk about frequency of life or how secondary gods and even indeed other types of spirits exist on a slightly different frequency which gives them a slightly different manifestation of consciousness that's that's what that is that's an easy way to put that forward wouldn't it be right? also fair to say that they're also gods because they have access more access or greater understanding of the, that consciousness that connects us all than we do and that's well, as, why that's why they are gods well as usual you're skipping ahead i'm sorry so i was going I'm to so say sorry. i was going you know to say i like next. to be a, yes, a skipper ahead well you're well you're just a, a terrible know-it-all mr Foltz. <laughs> okay anyway so we but we we had to, to tack on to that or to, to kind of support what you were just saying chris because of this different level of consciousness that these beings exist at these gods exist at um that we they are able to influence energies base energies within the universe in ways that we as humans cannot yeah. and again that has to do with the different manifestation of life that they are okay uh, but it also again has to do going back to what we were talking about earlier with i think that that human that mortal those those barriers yes. that we have that that protect us um that was an odd word but i guess in essence that's what they, they do, do. They, yeah. they shield us from too much of the spiritual to the extent that we would create imbalance yes right? from the distraction of the spiritual because <clears throat> yes. i'm sorry i do feel if i had more access to that i would be distracted i'd be like no 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 yeah i don't care about this i don't care if i eat today or the yeah. next week i'm going to still focus on this yeah this why 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 would you want to learn this why would you want to get up and go and do your job or go to school or take care of your yourself or your you know your family your animals you know who, why would you want to do that if you knew that you could spend 24 7 in the astral plane basically mm -hmm. doing whatever the hell you wanted because yeah, there, there are really no rules in the astral plane right so i mean yeah who wouldn't want to live that life right so i think um, protection is a good so, word so anyway but, but these beings though um they may seem to be separate from humanity because of that difference in frequency or difference in consciousness they they're really they're not they they are connected to us because again we have to look at that as a spectrum Right, we have to look at that as a spectrum that includes many different frequencies, you know, and they all may be somewhat specialized and they all may kind of sit in their own little wavelength, but but it is still a spectrum and we all overlap. And I think that's where we see situations where deities, gods, these kinds of even even other types of spirits are able to interact or we can see the manifestation of their power within our mortal world oh, and absolutely. our experiences because they 
their we'll just say maybe their frequency is a little more fluid or their broadband their their spectrum on that broadband is like their their wavelength allows them to move i've a bit got more. one more comment to make now because of okay. what you just said and this okay. is like i'm seeing this or visualizing this it's almost like some of the other stories like it's not necessarily creation stories but maybe explanations of stories of spirituality and how everyone connects mm -hmm. but like a life is a tapestry and you're just one thread and we're mm -hmm. all but the gods could be part of that tapestry too. They're well, also a different thread. Well, they, well, they absolutely and are. We all fit together to make this yeah. huge picture or tapestry that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But what we see from our little spot, we only see the threads that we actually directly connect with. And mm -hmm. we know of other ones because we know <clears throat> that someone else connected to that one. And, make, yeah. and we have an idea of other things. But what we really know is because that, that's our little area of the yeah. tapestry. Exactly. I think that that's another good way to put that. We talk about, you know, and of course that primary looking at that as again, as a, as a comparison or as, a, as an example, you know, we see the primary God force as the person who wove the tapestry, yes, the weeper. right? We see the other gods and the other spirits, these secondary consciousnesses. We see these as not only additional threads within the, the tapestry, frame. but also they have the ability to kind of step away from the tapestry to see a slightly bigger picture. Yeah. They can see more of the weave. Okay, and so yes, yeah, so that's that's a good way to put that. Okay, so Austin, you're very quiet. Do you have any comments or everything flowing for you? Okay, all right, good. Okay, that's I a good thing. It just kind of like <clears> the <throat> mic show. It is. Well, I don't want it to be the mic show necessarily. Well, but, no, not in a bad but way. I am just the, like, you are very good at academia and research. Well, I spent years in school. I am a, yeah. I am a theologian, and I spent years in school studying this shit. Um, <clears throat> all right, so let's let's focus again on gods. Okay, or, or continue to focus on gods, I should say. Okay, so now we understand that within every family, every pantheon, every system of belief where we see gods and, and these kinds of spirits featured, we understand that there is always an adversarial presence among the gods, mm -hmm. right? Yes, even even within Christian faith, I believe that the adversary is one of their terms for what they would identify as Satan or the devil, though we yes. understand as witches that Satan is bullshit. There's no such thing as Satan. If you want to believe in the devil and Satan, go back to church because that's where that belief originated and where it needs to belong. Okay, so I will step off of my soapbox now. So this adversarial force, okay, um, is basically one god or spirit among the group, right, who decides to resist the evol evolutionary nature of the universe, okay? And th these these gods could be seen almost as tricksters, but I think that that would almost be a simplification of what they are. It's a very simplified view to identify them as tricksters, okay? Adversarial energies, gods, these gods that seem to work against the flow of everything else, including other gods, um, they exist to create, I would say, a confusion, a type of confusion in humanity and to distract humanity with the sparkle of the material world. We see these gods as necessary in the overall and they are absolutely these no, kinds of gods they are necessary in the overall scheme or web of things going back to your you're talking about a tapestry yeah their thread is just as vital because without that we wouldn't see a balance you know we see these things working to help us to maintain balance right to help us to prioritize the material and the mundane yes. but we need something on the other side of that pole that to make sure that we still have enough perspective to continue to strive or to continue to reach for the spiritual. I was going to say, wouldn't they also be like there to challenge us to like 
better ourselves or yes. to do more than just exist. Yes. And so not just be tricksters, but also to, in a way, prod <laughs> us with, I guess, reverse psychology. That's basically, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's reverse psychology on, on a very macro kind of level, right? It's the, it's the, all that glitters oh, you never is not do this. gold. Yeah, you could never you do know, this. You know, it's the, yes, it's the, the part of us, I think, that feeds directly into our ego, mm -hmm. our negative ego, I should, clar should clarify. But also, um, I think they, these gods are very important in that they serve a purpose and, and that I was saying a moment ago that they remind us that though, yes, we absolutely need to focus on the mundane and the spiritual, that does not mean that we want to become so, or, or the mundane and the material, excuse me, that does not mean that we want to become so focused on the mundane and the material that we completely forget oh, yeah. that there is something else out there. Absolutely. Because we have to do it all, right? We have to be holistic in the way that we live, mm -hmm. right? So. So it is these gods, these trickster-type spirits, who are, are really primarily put in place or, or exist to create confusion and to distract us from, uh, or to distract us with, I should say, the sparkle of the material world, okay? Now, the, probably the best example of one of these kinds of adversarial gods would be the Gnostic spirit that we know to be the Demiurge. The Demiurge is, for many people, a, a spiritual concept that is... I'm gonna say probably not gonna be familiar. I don't really know too many people now outside of really like hardcore occultists and metaphysicians who are really gonna be into like Gnostic texts um, and even certain hermetic principles. Okay, but the Demiurge is a spirit in many stories that exists to manipulate the perceptions of humanity. Okay, it, it doesn't actually physically impact our world and our society. It doesn't need to, we do that for it. But it has the ability to impact or to affect our perception of the reality that we experience. Because we all understand that our reality is based purely upon our perception, right? Absolutely. You could have all the money in the world, but if you perceive yourself <clears throat> to be a poor person, you, there will never be enough. Right. You will always be doing everything you can to try to get more money, get more money, get more money, right? So perception is very powerful in this situation, and this is one example of one of these spirits that can use perception to basically to, to trick us into behaving in a certain way, oh, right? Yeah. Um, guide, you know, and we guide your behavior exactly yeah. and you know and we see this in pretty much again every other i was talking with someone in the shop today actually who came in and they were looking at the statuary and they were really particularly taken by the loki mm -hmm. statue that they have they really liked the loki statue loki is in in another sense an example of again of one of these trickster spirits who works against what could maybe be considered the natural order or flow of things he's known as a god of chaos and mischief right, right. but if we look at the work that Loki does through showing up as a trickster, a god of mischief and chaos, what he's actually doing is he's giving us a different perception. He's giving us the ability to see outside of what could be limiting us if yeah. we if we work with it in that way. He helps right? you to question. And there are things. others. Like, I mean, there's, does this uh, really have to be this way, or maybe I could do something different? Exactly. I mean, and there there are others. Like you know, there's Anansi. There you know, uh, Discordia. There are so there are oh, yeah. so many others, right? You know, um, that are kind of working in this capacity, right? You know, and and it's tricky when we talk about concepts like this because you know, of course, we we as humans because we we tend to you know carry fear. You know, and we struggle with issues of power, you know, and our and certainly our own mortality. Well, you, we you hear talked about our ego. Yeah, well, ego and, for and sure. Ego is a good one because if that trickster or that guiding mm -hmm. presence tells you, oh, you could never do this, don't even try, a lot of us, our egos have been, oh no, I could do that. If I really wanted to, I could do that. And it pushes mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And then maybe we do achieve something that we wouldn't have even tried to unless that 
spirit intervened and, and tempted us or mm -hmm. whatever they did to say us to get us motivated to yeah. that fire on yeah. our butt. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so these are, it is unfair of us to, I think, look at adversarial spirits, though I understand I'm using the word adversarial. It is unfair of us, and I think, again, very simplistic for us to look at these spirits as an enemy, right? Because really, in the grand scheme of things, the work that they are doing is just as necessary. That is the position that they have okay. have, have taken. Yeah. And long term, if we actually show up for ourselves and everyone else in the way that we are supposed to, the work that they are doing is actually empowering us. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, you know, so it's it's a good kind of striving, I think. Okay. Um, now, when we learn to healthily detach from the false perceptions, again, that word perception <laughs> of reality that we see imposed by not just these adversarial spirits, perhaps, but by just the world that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. we, we understand we've got a world now where we're dealing with huge challenges, right? We've got poverty and racism and all kinds of isms, COVID. right? I mean, oh God, yes, yes, yeah, you know, well, I mean, that's a slightly different thing, right? But <laughs> I'm sorry. anyway, but we have these things that, that are really, I think a lot of the time imposed, they feel like impositions, but at the same time, these are all, for the most part, things that we've also, like we've created these things. Mm -hmm. We create these things, we impose these upon ourselves, yeah. right? The gods are not like, oh, hey, I'm gonna decide to make racism a thing, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, no. Human beings did that shit. Yeah, all on our own. Okay, you know, and so anyway, so, but when we can become aware of these false perceptions, we can then, I think, start to work positively or work in, in a productive way with even those adversarial God spirits and their energies. Okay, um, and we can rec reclaim, in the process, we can reclaim parts of ourselves that we really probably didn't even know existed. You know, we can become... Or that we didn't know we are missing. Um, we integrate, right? Yeah. Like, Vlad would love this. This would be where Vlad would be like, shadow work. Shadow and, he'd, exactly. and he'd be absolutely right. Right? So, okay, so now after all of that said and done, okay, any, any questions on on that? Austin, any questions? No. Anything you want to make? Any or a comment you want to make? Observation. No. An observation. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm just going to say that it's so profound that there's there's potential to have a whole bunch of questions or observations, but no, I think we can continue. Okay. Well, you know, and, and the information that I wanted to present with this, I, you know, I didn't really want to, you know, wax on... As you guys know me, I, I'm I'm very academic and I can talk for hours on this shit, but nobody needs to be bored like that. So anyway, so bringing it all home, okay, um, how does a lot of this connect to contemporary witchcraft and other alternative spiritual practices? Okay, and I say alternative spiritual practice because I'm really trying to talk about or I'm, I'm preferencing uh, spiritualities and practices that fall outside of the realm of what we would identify as Abrahamic faith, okay, because, and you know, and this is going to probably make a lot of people mad, but Abrahamic faith is a lie, okay, in its most, in its contemporary form, okay, I'm not talking about the roots of Abrahamic faith, okay, I'm not talking about, you know, the Canaanites, Ugaritic, I'm not talking about any of that, right, I'm talking about where Abrahamic faith sits today is a lie, it has been so twisted and so corrupted by humanity, greed, power, and Again, based on what we were just talking sure. about, the perceptions of mm -hmm. humanity that are also being framed by a spirit, say, like the Demiurge, right? Mm -hmm. Religion yes. is a huge tool 
for an adversarial spirit, right? Because other than religion, what makes us fuck it up so bad, yes. right? Or invoke such um, a response or such a heated response from mankind. Exactly, exactly. You know, if you want to look at the one influence that has really caused us to lose our way again and again and again, it's religion. Um, but anyway, so how does all of this connect to witchcraft and alternative <laughs> spiritualities? Folk practice, indigenous practices, whatever, whatever you may call yourself, okay? Through the work that we do as practitioners of any variety, any any kind, we can grow beyond the accepted limitations of society. Okay, we can move beyond false and hypocritical morality. We can move beyond materialism, and we can move beyond superficial belief systems and codependence on those kinds of beliefs. Again, religion. Okay. Um, this is this is really one of the biggest pieces i think to alternative spiritual practice that people miss and in talking about the way that we put our practice out there and the way that our practice allows us to connect to some of these bigger concepts you yeah. know the the flow of energy in the universe the the ideas of secondary consciousnesses the primary god force these kinds of things everything that we have laid out it is through our practice and our approach and our diligence in, in whatever it is that we are doing Okay, spiritually, that gives us the ability to again to do these things, to remove ourselves, to to grow beyond, to remove ourselves from the limitations of, of of a very human and mundane society. Okay, which might sound contradictory to what we were saying earlier, because we were talking earlier about how being human is an important thing. Oh yeah. And focusing on these human issues that we have is a, is an important thing, right? But we're not talking in those ways or in those things. We're not talking about the big evils within our society, right? The big evils within our society, that's where we've really fucked it up. Right. Right. We're not talking about being an honest person and holding down a job. We're not talking about being generous in your community and helping people. We're not talking about not being a racist piece of shit. Okay. We're not talking about these things right now. We're just talking about the minimum that you need to do to live your life, to be maybe not a good human being, but at least, you know, like, a, you know, a fairly balanced human being. Or a neutral being, right? presence. Exactly. You know, and then, you know, and at the same time you're doing your work and you're supporting others through the process, you know, of right. what you're doing through, you know, to do theirs. Right. So, so this is not a contradictory statement. Okay. When we talk about being able to remove ourselves from the limitations of society, that's what this is. We're talking about the evils of society. Okay. Which again, are all human well, in origin. Maybe another way to frame that is too, is when we practice witchcraft and we practice manipulating energy and enforcing mm -hmm. our will and our thoughts onto the physical world mm -hmm. with that small little bit of connection we have or understanding of gods and connection to the greater consciousness because mm -hmm. I really think that's how our magic or witch powers manifest is the mm -hmm. fact that we're just taking a small little sliver of that consciousness that we don't really comprehend completely mm -hmm. and we're applying it to our physical world to make life easier, make improvements, help maybe even remove some of those big evils that human, human, sure. humanity has mistaked or, or made a mistake and messed up mm -hmm. to help maybe yeah. clean that up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right in that, you know, and, and I think, it, you know, to, to maybe elaborate on that a little bit, you know, I think a lot of uh, traditions and, and uh, belief systems around particularly witchcraft and, and working with magic as an energy, mm -hmm. um, there would be agreement that one of the ways that we do that or, or one of the ways that, that that really is made possible, the way that that works is we take our human consciousness, our own manifestation of energy, like our own frequency of energy, yep. and through particular processes, we are able to kind of 
like I would almost say like bump into another frequency. Yeah, absolutely. Temporarily, right? We were able to mm-hmm. kind of like cross that station, right? And, yeah. and tap into another frequency, even for just a few minutes to be able to manifest something that would not be possible within the Without limitation yeah. of our of our, our particular frequency. Oh, I love it. That's perfect. Right? So, I like that. Yeah, so that's that's one way to put that. And in the process of doing that, should we come into connection with different types of spirits and God consciousnesses, then mm-hmm. that's that's just part of it, right? Yeah. In the same way that those spirits and gods would overlap or spill into our frequency yeah. of, you know, or, or, or consciousness, you know? So anyway, so yeah, let's see. Where am I so, at? So hold on. So I got a double... One more observation or question. So that would basically mean when we worship or build a relationship with a god or a goddess, mm-hmm. we're basically making an interconnection that almost gives us, not a jump ahead, but just a different perspective. Slightly different perspective because we're connecting to something more than just ourselves. Well, I think, okay, so I mean, to, to you know, to tangent a little bit on that, but I think that that's, this is a good tangent since we're talking about gods, you know, and this is a topic that once again seems to be very, very up, you know, like, like, Reb, there are a lot of people talking about this, like on social media right now, on, on TikTok in particular today, just today, I was seeing, I don't know how many, you know, people talking about deity work and what that really means and what it is, what it is, you know, and, you know, and, and it's funny because I swear almost every person I see talking about what deity work is, if you, I'm just, I'm just going to say a lot of the people talking about deity work really have no idea what it really is. They are talking out of their asses. Okay. Um, you know, so be and, specific. What so, are the, what let's get let's point out three things that are they're talking out of their asses. What do they have wrong? So well, I mean, well, or, or what okay. do you perceive as wrong about their well, perception? Well, I think How's I think that? there seems to be a lot of confusion between what it means to worship a deity and what it means to work with a deity because those are very different things. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you are worshiping a deity, um, really that really primarily seems to be or or would really. That, on an energetic level, that would be kind of a one-way street, right? Like, Absolutely. I love you, you're awesome, I love your stories, I love whatever it is about you, and so I'm going to give you my attention and my focus, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of work up, worship and, and work with you, in, or, 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 or worship you in this way. Right? And they might seem where, to give you a boom. Exactly, yes, but that would be something that would be kind of then at the whim of that god or spirit, yeah. right? They would be like, okay, well, you know, you've given me an offering, so maybe I'll help you, you know, whether you ask me or not, maybe I'll help you, you know, get this job you've applied for you know i mean but that that would be a very um i think a, a fairly um well well again we'll just kind of say that would be something that would be entirely at the discretion of the, so of I have the god question, in that though. situation based on human nature mm-hmm. when we and this is just my observation and i could be wrong when we worship a god or a goddess mm-hmm. human humanity as a whole even current religion with Christianity, there's this idea that then we can then ask for boons. Or there usually is this nature in us where we will go ahead and say, look, look at all I did for you. What are you going to do for me? Or please well, give me these things. Well, so is that working or is that well, still part okay, so of worshiping? Here's, so here's the difference, okay? So that's that's still worshiping, okay? okay? Because what we're doing in that situation is we are saying, I am I'm a tiny little little animal, but I want this big cool thing in my life. And I'm basically saying, I don't have the power to work toward this or to try to manifest this for myself. So I'm gonna to continue to give you this offering and I'm gonna to continue to give this offering and I'm gonna to continue to pray to you and pray to you and pray to you. And, you know, and then at some point I might ask you to do something for me in return, but in that situation, you're the one that holds all the power. Okay, gotcha. Okay, right. where when we work with a God, we are basically saying, you are a God. But I, even as a human, have 
power. Yeah. No, and I am going to use my power and my influence along with yours if you will agree to this. Okay. And we will work together as partners. So, one more comment or a question, I guess, really. I think that maybe I do both. Well, I'm sure most practitioners do. Because mm -hmm. I um, think I worship Tara. Yeah. But I also work with Tara because there's things that I do and I, I'm actually in my own sovereignty saying, no, I'm going to work on this. I'd like you to help me. Yeah. Okay. No, and I think most practitioners do. Okay. Um, you know, I think one, one of the other um, things I want to talk about really quick when we talk about the difference between or, or the confusion that so many people have around working with, with gods and de you know, deity work is when you agree to work with a god uh, in the capacity that you are now, in essence, almost like more like partners. It's more mm -hmm. of a partnership that's been established. Um, there, there, there is. It's going to be like any other kind of partnership or relationship. There's up. You're, you're going to need to show up. You're oh, going to yeah. need to maintain that connection. You don't just get to be someone who works with this god this week and next week I'm going to play the god pinball machine. Oh yeah, no, don't do and that. And it's going to be this god. Oh, and then next <laughs> week it'll be this god. Or I think I have. 18 different gods from 18 different pantheons all talking to me who all want to be a part of my life and i guarantee you you fucking don't because yeah. that's Illusion. not how that shit works you're not that special gods okay? are not pokemon they're not <laughs> um, yes if you are trying to collect pokemon <laughs> or god cards you are you are wasting your time um but so, but, but also to, to expand upon that, I also want to say that most people are going to find if they're working effectively with a God, that they're going to see manifestations of that God's consciousness manifest, or they're going to see that appearing more and more in their own life. You know, we talk about processes of devotion, not worship, but devotion, where you actually say, I am a priest of, I am a yeah. devotee of. And in the process of doing that work, one of the most important pieces, and I think this is something that a lot of people miss, is they're not living their life in the way that that God would have. You know, if you're going to work with a God who is known for charity and feeding the homeless, mm -hmm. you better fucking be out there on the corner giving people sandwiches. Being charitable. Yeah. You better be making or writing checks to charitable donations. You know, if you're going to work with a God that's all about love and sexuality, well, you better decide that you're going to give up being a prude because mm -hmm. that's the kind of energy that God, God is going to want to see in you. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they're going to check out. Okay? You know, and there, there of course, is a lot of, of again, I would say nuance around that. Okay? There, there are a lot of, of little things that need to be discussed or probably better clarified in that. You know, the way that I put that out was just very like, boom, this is what this is, right? But for the sake of time, you know, this is kind of, kind of you know, the way that I... No, I like it. it. I, I, um, and I like what you're saying. Because I've done that. Like, more and more I have a more holistic view of my life with mm -hmm. planet Earth. Yeah. Recycle. Yeah. Reuse. Use less energy. Use less water. Only yeah. use what I need. Because the Earth is finite. And yeah. goddess Terra says, don't abuse me. Yeah. We're, like, well, and see, take care of now, me. Okay, Love so me. So, as an example, okay, and I'm going to ask you this too, Austin, okay, for different, different, different God. Okay, but okay, so working with the the God that we would identify as the world spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. When working with that energy, okay. Do you feel that you as a human, we, we are totally off the topic of our podcast. I'm, but that's I'm okay. so sorry. You, I didn't mean to feel, distract I just us. realized you're good. Okay. No, because this is, I think this is also it's related. Yeah. This, it's this related. is, I think, good information for our listeners. Okay. But do you feel, okay. As someone who works with, and I, and you do work with her. You are not oh, a yes. worshiper. Yeah, you no. work with her. I, well, I do, do both. Do you feel as someone who works with 
Terra, which is the name that you've you've gone with, mm-hmm. which is a very well, it's old Gaia, which is, yeah, Terra, it's a very old name for for the world spirit, Earth right? Mother. I do call her all feel, those. Do you feel that in working with her because you've had an opportunity to actually connect with her, communicate with her, feel her energy in your physical body because you've been able to do these experiences? Do you feel, or would you agree that you are better able to appreciate some of these issues around conservation? Recycling oh, things like absolutely. that. Absolutely, you had an opportunity to actually feel the energy directly from this presence. To absolutely, this, okay. I I feel like I understand it and I feel it more. Okay, like like animal abuse, pollution. Mm-hmm. I, it hurts me sometimes. I actually get emotional when yeah. I see things like happen. It's like, what can I do by myself as one person to try to yeah. fix this because it's painful. Yeah. Um, one funny little story. We give offerings to our gods as like little presents mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff. Well, it's funny because I, I do work with her and we work together. I get this, no, 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 silly. Yes, giving me things is nice, but all of that is me. I made, that's all me. Yeah, I exactly. made it all. Yeah, I have, I have and she that. made it like... very clear. Do acts of service. Yeah. Animal husbandry. Clean. Do something to improve the earth. Yeah. Even if it's just cleaning or moving, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain little, it. Little Filtering things. water, little, whatever. Little things, but just little know? things, like... Actual actions. Yeah. Putting those putting, putting bird seed out at all yes. winter so that the birds in the area still that have something to means eat. more to her yeah. than okay. wine, food, yeah. any of those other it's offerings. Rock. Yeah. Kind She's like, like huh, that's funny, that's me. That's part yeah, of me. Yeah, it's, it's kinda of like kinda of like when you like giving me back something I made. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like thank you. I, I put a lot of work into creating this and you know, I guess thank you for giving it back to me. Thank you for yeah. acknowledging yeah. me. Which is okay. You know, the thing is in no way do we want to say like you shouldn't make well, those and, kinds of yeah, offerings. Yeah, and it's to just like and it's okay. But I think, that's but I, the feeling I got. Is like, it's yeah. okay to do that. Yeah. But yeah. ones that the things that I do that matter the most are not things, no, it's, it's actions. It's actions. All right. I'm all done. I'm sorry. You're good. <laughs> okay, so now Austin, okay, same same question. Okay, so you um, as as many people who listen to the podcast, you you work with, very closely with Hecate, as a goddess. Okay, and can you can you say the same? Can you say that in the the capacity that you've had a chance to connect with her, to communicate with her in a number of ways, to actually feel her presence come into the room as you've done ritual and spell work? Do 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 you feel that that has given you a different perspective on those aspects of? our world that Hecate is known to influence. And there are a lot of them because Hecate does a lot. Yeah. Um, do you, do you feel that? I mean, would you see, or would it make sense to you that it would be very different for someone who was really inexperienced, you know, someone who is worshiping a God who has maybe knowledge of that God in their stories, but has not actually had an opportunity to connect with them in that very personal kind of way. Not that worship isn't personal. It absolutely is, but it's different, right? Can you see that that has changed the, your work as not only in your life, not only as a human, but as a witch. Yes, I, I, it has, I should get closer because <laughs> yeah, so they can hear you. Um, yes, yes, yes. Doggos. So yes, it's changed because for 13 years I worked with a Celtic warrior goddess, the Morrigan. Um, and what she wanted me to do whilst working with her versus what Hecate wants to do is completely different. On top of that, there's this idea in a lot of places where it's like, you don't do spells on your deity's altar. And well, Hecate is a goddess of witchcraft and magic. And so all acts of witchcraft and magic are hers. And so when I'm doing work at my altar, 
that is working not necessarily with her but working for her so so yeah i mean making sure that i take care of the dogs as best as i can making sure that when someone who is lost along their path pops up into the shop and is like i don't know what to do i don't know where to go i feel lost hecate is a psychopomp mm -hmm. hecate led and leads persephone out of the underworld so she can assume her position as queen of spring and so as a devotee as a priest if you want um of hecate it's my duty to when someone comes in and they're lost along their path to help them and i think part of that's teaching because i'm i'm a, I'm a big teacher i teach witchcraft magic voice lessons you know teaching has just been a huge thing for me since i could remember and so being able to sit a group of young witches down mm -hmm. and go okay let's have real talk and let's guide you is me exemplifying hecate oh, I, absolutely i am i am stepping into that position of hi i hold and carry magic i hold and carry witchcraft not just within myself and in my blood but just in the world around me, and I'm here to guide you with it. Um, okay. I would love to get further into charitable work. We do charitable work. We do, as, and, as, a, as a story. Oh, no, what I'm yes. talking about is, like, I would like to do what one of our colleagues does. You know, yes, I, yeah. I, I like she's, to... She's found a very particular way to work with Hecate as a goddess, and mm -hmm. I would absolutely say she is working with Hecate. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, I have one observation though. Yeah, with, with what you just talked about, it, and it and it just like hit me. The keys, keeper of the keys. Basically, they're lost. You're the key to give them, open a new door for them to find a new Towards path. Um, as a teacher, you're also opening a door and saying, "Here, here's some new knowledge, or here's something new that'll help you on your path." Mm -hmm. So it's like, because that keep that that keeper of the keys, whew, mm -hmm. that for me is my like my understanding or my connection to. Hecate. Well, well, and. Mike and Chris will tell you, like, I have a very particular daily routine that I do when I get up in the morning. Um, that's mm -hmm. all devotional. I'm yep. not asking for anything from our spirits. And I do, and my altar is not just an altar to Hecate, it's an altar to our coven spirits. And so, so when I'm, when I'm going through those devotional daily practices, it's not, it's not like, oh, you want this plastic unicorn. <laughs> no, no, no. no, it's like... I want a plastic unicorn. It, no, you it don't. Is, it is very much like, <laughs> like, I'm feeding you. I will mm -hmm. sit for maybe two minutes, and I will drink my coffee after I've given the spirits coffee. You know, it's just a part of my... It's part of my yeah. daily practice. Okay. Well, yeah, you're good. So, okay. Thank, thank Sorry, you for, I babbled. Thank you, no, no, yeah, thank you for answering. I have a question, so, though. Because oh, okay. I do magic on my altar, and it's also altar for Hecate, but, or for Tara. That's a working altar. But it, Yeah, but it's also for her, too. Mm. But I figure it's okay because she's the world, and I'm, like, everything here is part well, I think, of her. As far as, as far as what you're doing on your altar there, I, I would say that would that, that's a very personal thing. I don't think any of us necessarily... Okay. Every single witch is going to approach their altar differently. Because oh, I don't, I don't see a problem with. No, we that, see but... concepts like like the the many altars that we mm -hmm. have as witches, right? You know, um, you know, and, and I think that's something that we all connect with. You know, okay. um, well, and but... all the goddesses that we work with are all technically goddesses of magic. Yeah. You know, it's not like we are working with 
a blacksmith goddess. Right. Which, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not like we're working with a blacksmith goddess and we're like, I'm doing a love spell. This is for you. And she's like, what? Exactly. Make me something out of metal. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, you, your right. turn. You have to talk about yours. About what? Hecate. Oh, no. I, I, I just, I, no, I've talked enough. I just wanted to get your guys' your take on that since, since we kind of veered into the concept of, or the talk around uh, working with deities. Um, anyway, so again, tying all of what we, we, we've talked about earlier in the episode together, you know, one of the ways that we can see that this information would be significant or important uh, knowledge, at the very least, just to consider as, as a spiritual practitioner, is that these are going to be the things that are going, I think, going to help give you structure. You know, I think a lot of the time, um, all of us, when we interact with people in classes, when we, um, you know, when we're teaching classes, when we're interacting just just people at the shop who are coming in who are seeking something right very often they're like well, i don't know i really i don't know where to start or i don't know what the beginning would be you know and so i think that that was really kind of like the the idea behind this this topic tonight was like give me something that i can use as a framework for this give me something that i can use as structure you know um and you know and regardless of your culture or your pantheon or the mm -hmm. spirits and gods that you may choose to, to to worship or work with regards of that the information that we talked about tonight is something that is really fairly universal in nature this is accessible to everyone mm -hmm. and and again if you look far enough back in the stories that we find in most of these cultures the ones that we associate with alternative spiritual practice you're going to find information that will validate the information that we discussed tonight. Oh, yeah. you're going to find that um so that's pretty much all I wanted to kind of talk about with this tonight, hopefully we... Um, I know, I think know, that was a very hefty subject. I mean, it was odd. I, 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 had to, I took a lot of time this week to take the points that I wanted to make and the, the ideas around some of these things. And I, I rewrote uh, notes for this podcast, I think probably three or four times, to try to pare everything down so that this wasn't going to... To, this wouldn't have been a three hour long episode <laughs> right so so you got y'all got the cliff notes version tonight but i think it was very um, well put out and i think it really explained and gave a gave a good foundation for people to think about how does it all work how yeah. does it all fit together yeah. and yeah. why are we doing this yeah. well and i think one of the interesting things because i've had this kind of conversation or i've talked about these things with other people with people in the past um particularly people who are coming out of religion, organized mm, religions, yes. and you bring up, because they are so often, people who are just coming out of something like that, they are so often looking for something that would be like a kind of like a surrogate for that, right? They're looking yeah. for, like, I still need, I still need a God to, to tell me what to do. No. I still need <laughs> something that's going to give me structure for my belief. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. On some level, no, we all need structure in our, for our belief systems. Well, that's why a lot of people but, who leave Christianity move into wicca yes because yeah. there's a lot of structure yeah. and, and i would even say dogma mm -hmm. in wicca but so, in our um, situation it's almost like we almost have to say no let me pull away these lies and let you see that you have your own sovereignty you can yes. make your own path yeah. well and but that's and see and that and the, yeah and again and that's a slightly different issue but yes that's absolutely true and that's a part of the work um you know and certainly something i think that we all try to do as teachers right mm -hmm. but uh but where i was going with that is that um this information in looking at these concepts these ideas these beliefs uh that are coming from cultures that many predate mm -hmm. organized religion at least abrahamic faith right right um that in looking at that we see uh, i think something that is also i would say relatively easy for people who are coming from a religious background to be able to consider 
and mm -hmm. accept, right? And it's not about catering to the religious. I, I assure you, the last thing I ever fucking want to do is cater to the religious. But, um, but, but it can be a nice stepping point, right? Or, right. or middle ground. Well, and what's nice about it too is it doesn't step in and say these are all the things you have to do. Yes, exactly. It, it's basically yeah. saying here's an idea, yeah. here's the concept. Yeah. Now, how are you going to fit into that concept? Yes, exactly. Which like, is nice. Yeah. Like this is a blueprint. You get to decide. Mm -hmm. ultimately how you paint the walls and what you decorate with right yeah yep. exactly so anyway so that's that that was it that was the information i wanted to possess or, or present on this talk a topic and we got it all and, um, yeah. that's it well, well, that's well thank you it. this cool. i've really like enjoyed i said like i said i fine-tuned these these <laughs> bullets these notes on this rewrite thing. after rewrite really really oh, quite a bit this week because i wanted to make sure <laughs> we were succinct in our presentation so let's let's Switch gears because we still have a, a few minutes left. Let's talk about kind of like, I'm kind of liking this segment that we've been doing lately where we're talking about something that's happening in the world that is just in general wrong and fucked up and how <laughs> we would use magic spell work, how we would use that to supplement our mundane efforts to fix that kind of situation. So do either of you, can either of you think of anything that you've noticed? I'm like sorry, we've been talking about COVID and just... The inability for people to think beyond their own personal comfort and yeah. safety mm. and actually consider the safety of others and what can I do to stop the spread of COVID? Mm -hmm. What can I do to prevent other people from having to suffer through this disease? Yeah. Magically, maybe we could do something to help strengthen that empathy and saying yes there's more than just me. We can do there's that. other people and okay. their feelings and their health is important to me because we are in that tapestry we're connected yes, we are, yeah we are we're all it's a collective we're, and, and you're helping that, yourself that is, that is absolutely valid and and while i would love to hear more about that we talked about that last week oh, i didn't so know let's didn't let's, let's go with something different can okay either, someone else have you guys seen anything else in the news anything else you are aware of that is a, a continuing struggle of some sort for just humanity our planet whatever you know that where you're like this is something i feel strongly enough about i would i would i would probably do some spell work in addition to maybe contacting my senator or donating money or something like that or volunteering what would you plastics you in the ocean plastics in the ocean okay no no that no that, that that's no that, it's that, a that's, huge that's fair that's a big one okay so now again i'm going to ask you as the person who's presented that idea what would you do magically to magically i think what i would do is either try to affect the production of plastics and or the consumerism around plastic. So if you can reduce that saying, no, okay. you don't want to touch plastic. You don't want to use plastic. You want to do something else oh. instead. So like redirect a, like a working to kind of like, like, like an aversion. Yes. Like where so, everyone's like, like, Oh no, no, I don't, I, I don't believe in plastic. I want to do this instead. Okay. What kind of work, kind of spell work would you do that to, to accomplish something like that? Cause I think that, that the reason I'm asking okay, is because that's, so a, that's maybe, a very interesting. Maybe straws. That's we'll an start with straws. Thing. Okay, all right. Either I won't use a straw at all, or I'll use a straw that's reusable that's not made of plastic, like a metal straw. Okay, well, we're talking magically here. No, okay. that's what I'm saying. Oh, well, these are the components of yes. a spell. Yes, Okay, okay, okay. So basically you say, and then I guess maybe, I guess it would be power over. <laughs> say, you're no longer going to use plastic, you're going to use one of these other choices. Okay, that's a big working thing, because you're, you're talking about impacting like humanity uh, as yes. a whole, right? Well, just start so, from like, maybe a small no. region. I'm not maybe saying start, no. I'm start with saying... a small region and let it spread. Okay. Yeah. So say like everybody within my city, mm -hmm. 
is going yeah. to start to feel less and less an inclination to want to utilize plastic straws. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. Else. okay. Good idea. All right. Austin. I don't really have anything there. Oh, you never contribute to this. Um, but I do have, it is Black History Month. Yes. Oh, there you go. And so I would probably want to do some sort of working around the Black Lives Movement, um, or even just doing a setting of lights to honor, <coughs> sorry, I'm joking, I'm going to spit. Um, or do a setting of lights to just honor, um, uh, huge voices in the black community okay and help amplify their voices okay oh i like that um, to help make change or okay. encourage so change, now okay right? so now okay now I'm, I'm just for the sake of our listeners okay so all right this black history month yep. okay and i know a lot of people for whatever reason okay and, and in saying this i'm not talking about black people okay i'm talking about other people okay other kinds of people Okay, I know a lot of people, when we see something like Black History Month come up, you know, and there are many, right? There's like, there's an Indigenous, you know, mm -hmm. History Month. There's, you know, I mean, I mean, if, if there's a, if there's a marginalized group of some kind, and God knows we sure have a lot of them, if there are a marginal, is a marginalized group of some kind, there is some effort, I think, to acknowledge that group, at least nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. However little it may be. Okay, so, but in looking at something like Black Lives, uh, or Black History Month, excuse me, um, I think a lot of people who find themselves outside of the black community for, you know, you know, by, by race, right, they struggle to be able to support or back up something like that. They're like, I'm not of this community. And as much as I may consider myself an ally, as much as I, I love these, these people, as much as I, you know, have, have done what I can to help, like, I'm still not of this community. And where I'm going with this, just in case everybody's wondering if I'm, I've lost my point. I haven't. Okay. Um, is black history is everyone's history. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Particularly here in the United States, our whole country. Well, pretty much. Yeah. I, I would say pretty much our entire fucking country was built through the labors through the exploitation. of black people. It was the exploitation. So everything that has happened to that community, whether it be, all the bad shit that they've been put through, whether it be the, the few wins that they've had over the last several centuries, and there haven't been many black people, as we know, are still struggling to be treated like people today. Okay? But whether, whether it be the good or the bad stuff that has happened historically to the black community, all of that is your history too. Yep. And that needs to be honored. Those of you, particularly who listen to this podcast, who are all about ancestral work, and ancestral veneration, even if you've done your DNA and you have gotten results back that have said, like, you've got zero African whatever, which I think is probably not going to be too possible. common, yeah. but you, you've got hardly any connection genetically to the black community, you still have connection to the history of the black community because your life would not be where it is today if it were not for those people. You, Absolutely. The, most of the music you'd be listen, you listen to would oh God, be possible. The cultural advancements, the technological advancements, and again, focusing specifically on the spiritual because that's what we do, right? We talk about concepts, things like, like the mighty dead, right? Where mm -hmm. we see people who were, you know, very important, you know, people within the black civil rights community. The shit that they did sure as hell benefited white people too. Oh, yes. And if you don't believe that, Thank you, then, Dr. Martin Luther King. then if you don't believe well, that, then parks. you need, to, you need to, to really, seriously, you need to educate yourself more on this. Well, the big one right but, there, Harriet Tubman, is work history. 
we have a 40-hour work week partially because mm-hmm. of some of the things that happened about in the past with slavery mm-hmm. and child exploitation. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I think every aspect of our lives, even as, as people who are not black, it really has been impacted by what has happened to the black community because the black community is also our community yep. because part, it is part all of us. community. Yep. Okay. Now, having said that, I also want to say Black Lives Matter, and we need to do better. Okay, um, to support that community specifically. Um, anyway, so but that's a very good point. So going back to what you were saying, Austin. So what would you do beyond say donating to black or, uh, you know organizations, black civil rights organizations? You know, beyond maybe doing that beyond contacting local politicians to say like, hey, the gerrymandering that you're doing around voting rights in this particular area is negatively impacting people of color and I'm not cool with this. You know, whatever it may be that you would be doing on a mundane level, what would you do on a metaphysical or on a spiritual level to support Black History Month? On a metaphysical level, I would rally the community um, and I would do not a solitary working, but a large group working. I would have... I'd have leaders of the spiritual community, whether they are witchy or not, who are in the black community, step forward, and I'd have them, we, we would light candles, and I'd have them recite prayers, and we'd rally the ancestors um, to help. To what, to what end, though? What, what would be the goal? To, What's the focus? To amplify the voices of those that need to be heard in that community. Okay. Um, to bring justice. I'm getting emotional. Uh, to bring justice to individuals like um, George Floyd, you know, to bring justice oh. to these things. Because, yeah, his killer, and I'm saying killer because that's what he was. He was a mm-hmm. fucking killer. His killer got off with a slap on the fucking wrist. Well, if I remember correctly, I think that, like, that they the legalities issue, the sentencing and the trial around that, I don't think all of that is entirely done yet. Either way, so slap on the fucking wrist. Yeah. And it's, we just finished watching them on Amazon oh. Prime. And an amazing series. Amazing series. Hard to watch, hard but to an watch. amazing series. But, yeah. but seeing that, that in, the, the injustice and the sheer amounts of racism existed in the 50s, 60s, 70s still. It's not that it's far away. Yeah. And it's still here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna pull you back on track because you're again you're kinda you're tangent. So anyway So what would you do in today, what would you do to make sure that tomorrow was a better day for the black community? Mag- on a magical level. On a magical level, I would I would gather the community and do what I said. I would have spiritual figureheads recite prayers and psalms over candles and call up those ancestors. And I would have our fellow witches and pagans and indigenous folk do the same thing. And we would rally those ancestors to amplify the voices that need the amplification in that community. Okay. Um, On a more simpler level because that's going to be hard to get everyone to play well together more simpler on, on a more simple level sorry <laughs> okay um i would probably do a working um on my own to help rally those ancestors and i would call in big figureheads um 
around that um, th th those mighty dead. So I would evoke spirits like Ms. Ida. I'd evoke spirits like um, I'd probably do this with Vlad. I'd have Vlad evoke Blackhawk. You know, mm -hmm. and um, well, there's so many. There are I so mean, many. There, there are even like we even see mighty dead figures like um, like I was talking to someone the other day about Bayard Rustin. Yeah. Who you know was a a, a very important figure in the black civil rights community, but also a very important figure in the LGBTQ rights mm -hmm. uh, community, right? So, you know, so we see these crossovers. And once again, to me, that's a perfect example of how many of the work or a lot of the work that's been, been done historically mm -hmm. by the black community yeah. has been work that has also benefited the rest of us. Yeah. I would do something to amplify their voice, and then I would do a tongue curse mm -hmm. um, to bind the tongues of those who would seek to silence their voices. Oh, I like it. Okay. Cool. I, I would actually probably try to focus a magical working on getting not just white, but basically focus on white privilege and having people acknowledge and see it, like expose it so that they, yeah. they're forced to see that, yes, um, white privilege still exists. And because mm. people try to deny it. I've, I've had conversations before. Yeah. We're like, oh, no, that's that's that doesn't exist anymore. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the and same. It's like, it's like, I think that I don't would see be color. And it's, it's like, like you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're a moron. I think that would yeah. be a good use of magic to like mm -hmm. just make them face their own white privilege and say, oh, yeah, OK, there it is. Because then maybe that will help them like maybe open up their feelings and their empathy just a little bit to say, yeah. what can I do to change that? Yeah. What can I do to better or remove that white privilege? Gotcha. Okay. okay. On the side note, we could just do an entire massive cursing on all racists. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, I, you're absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, you know, that's in, you know, and that's not something that we're above doing. You know, we, I think we've, we've actually, we've Roxy's done, we've done workings right. like that. Um, <clears throat> We did we did a huge working like that out right after George Floyd was killed. Yeah, actually, we did a really cool correctly as a Black coven, Lives Matter working. Coven, I really liked. I yeah. enjoyed participating. That was, that was in a that. pretty intense one. Anyway, I that's quite okay. enjoyed doing uh, that. Yep. Sorry, the the the, the wrap up of this good. episode. I'm just sitting here and I'm rethinking. Like we got got really like super preachy, but um, but our intentions are pure. Um, anyway, all right, guys. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's it's good that we. Um, for all that we talk about the esoteric, I think it's good that we continue to try to find ways to bring a lot of that home, right? To bring that kind of back in and try to present that in a practical way. So, all right. Well, I, that's it for me. I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Does any, do either of the rest of you have anything you want to say? No. No. Th thanks for including me and I enjoyed participating. All right. Okay, well, everybody, thank you so much. Those of you who joined us again, uh, we really appreciate you. Depending on, uh, you know, regardless of the platform that you're hearing us on, please go in, uh, follow us, uh, give us a review if you can, let us know how we're doing. Subscribe, um, like, follow, share. Yep, exactly. Uh, tell people about us. We're, we're trying to, you know, uh, grow our audience a little bit so that it's easier for us to continue to do what we're doing here and uh, continue to, to teach and educate well, on some of these things. And the person who made the request, let us know if we touched upon or this actually fulfilled or helped with the request you made okay yes absolutely yes yeah yeah you who i'm sure you will listen to this episode when you you hear this yeah do contact us and let us know how we did um i i know you submitted more than one okay and i do have the other topic suggestion that you submitted on our list so we will get to that in the, in the next few weeks as well okay um but anyway but again everybody thank you so much Okay, um, and uh, please, if you have a topic suggestion of your own, or if you just have a question, perhaps on something that we've presented here, um, feel free to contact us. You can reach us on Instagram, we have a Facebook presence, or you can contact Cat and Cauldron. 
Um, and we will, we will happily communicate with you and, and give you info. So thank you so much. Be well. Take care.